So I want to ask a two-part question about the text that we're going to look at this morning. The first question is, what is Jesus speaking about? And the second is, what is he saying about what he's speaking about? Well, Jesus is speaking to his followers about light. Light is on display in the very first page of our Bible. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And if you go to the final words of the revelation of John, of Jesus to John, it's on the last page of our Bible, where the proclamation is, there will be no night in that new heaven and new earth. And we know that light varies in intensity. I usually walk deacon about the time of first light. We can see it becoming a little lighter in the, in the east. And I walk him again at night, and there's no, nothing similar about those two. At dusk, though, light is a little like it is at the beginning of the day, but not exactly the same. So it varies in intensity. And I've already mentioned two qualities of light, that it attracts and that it repels. Here are some others. It illuminates. When you're out driving in the evening in, a, in an unfamiliar part of town and the darkness has crept in and it's beginning to get hard to see and you're driving, what do you do? You flip on your lights. If it's really hard to see, you put them on bright. When our young people, and they did it again this morning, when they leave the, the youth center to come to this room to worship, the last thing they see before they walk through that door on the way out is this sign. It says, Be the light. Well, that's important because when we turn our lights on, we need both to see and to be seen. Lighthouses guide ships. I've come in sometimes into Austin on a flight from Houston late in the evening, and as a pilot makes that hard left bank to line up with the runway, if you're sitting on the left side of the plane, you can look out that window. For a moment, you can see far away the runway lights of Austin Bergstrom International Airport. Lights illuminate. Well, you could think of additional qualities of light, and we don't want to take all morning doing that. Jesus is talking to his followers about light. So, second question, what is he saying about the light? And that's a different question. On the one hand, we always need to know what we're talking about, and secondarily, but also important, we need to know what's being said about what we're talking about. Well, Jesus is saying that those who have come to him, those who are his followers, are light, not like light, not walk in light, although that's also in Scripture, but they are themselves, we are ourselves, light. And as a believer, you are light, and Jesus is speaking about the example of those who follow Him. He's speaking about a style of living, a way of getting through the week, and the effect it has on people that you know, that see you, that do not yet follow Jesus. This is one of the defining qualities of your life in Christ. Being light isn't just something you do. It's what you are. You, Jesus says, are light. He also says that we are strategically placed in the world as lights. God is doing something in the church and through the church that has a strategic effect in the world. And those words have specific meaning. The word church only talks about those people who follow Jesus. That, that's what the Scripture means when it uses the word church. 
which it doesn't use all that often, by the way. And the world, well, that's a word that's used not for the cosmos, not for dirt and mountains and trees, but for those who are still in the process of deciding whether or not following Jesus will be the defining feature of their lives. And so what Jesus has told us is that we are placed strategically in the world as light. And without saying anything yet about purpose of light, we know this. Light should behave as light. That's all it is. It's light. G.K. Chesterton, a poet and a philosopher and also a newspaper man of a generation gone by, he died in 1936, said, The issue is now clear. It is between light and darkness, and everyone must choose his side. So when we say that we are strategically placed in the world as light, we're saying something quite specific, something about purpose. And that's the third thing Jesus says about believers as light. He says that we are purposefully placed in the world, purposefully placed in the world. And so the purpose is clear in in verse 16. God's intentional action of infusing His light into your life has a specific purpose that interestingly has very little to do with you personally. God did not make you light for you. So what is the purpose? That people who are in darkness see the effect of God's light in you and are themselves turned toward the light, able to give honor to their Creator. Now, Donovan will bear me out on this, but he designs homes. If you've ever built a home on your own, you know it as well. The architect or the, or the draftsman or the planner says, uh, you want lights? Well, yeah, I want lights. Well, where do you want them? And then you have to think about that. Well, where do we want lights? Well, we want them in all of those places that will be dark if we don't put lights there. And so you go through the, the plan, and you say, well, I want one there, we want, I want my easy chair in this corner, so I need a reading light, so I either need a plug or I need a light, and, and in the kitchen, uh, we want lights under the counter, under the cabinets or under the counters, wherever you put them in there. You'll go through to find where you want those lights. It's everywhere you don't want it to be dark. And that is exactly what God has done in your life as a believer. He intends to illuminate the dark places in the world, and His purpose is to do it with you. To do it with you. So God has a purpose. It's not willy-nilly. It's not just, hey, I think I have light. I think I'll put light in those people. There's a purpose in doing it. I'll give you a caution. God did not make us light so we could shine at 10.30 on a Sunday morning in this room. Although we should. But that wasn't His purpose. He made us to shine at 8.30 on a Friday night. Out there. So I'll ask you, where were you Friday night at 8.30? And was your light shining? And for whom? Jesus calls us light and puts us into the battle against darkness. 
Now, if we know very much about the ministry of Jesus at all, we know that he was often misunderstood, so it won't surprise us, it won't astonish us, if his words here are often misunderstood. So it's worth asking, I think, what is Jesus not saying in these verses of Scripture? Well, he's not saying, first of all, that we have to generate this light on our own. The light that radiates from your life and mine is not the product of our effort. It's not because we are good at being light. In fact, it's not because we're good at all, because some of us are not. Some of us are not as good at being Christian as other people are. The light that Jesus speaks about is His gift to us through the ministry of His Spirit, which He has sent to live within us. When He placed the Spirit in us, Spirit flipped on the light switch, and we are now light in the world. That's the way it is. We are light, and as such, we reflect the light of Jesus. We are light only because He has placed His light within us. You'll have heard these words of Jesus, I think, as well. I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life, He Himself. Someone has said, the fundamental principle of Christianity is to be what God is, and He is light. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, if Jesus intends for me to reflect His light to the world, what happens if my reflector is dirty or rusted or in some way mutes that light? Well, that's a really important question, and it's one that matters. Our brother, the Apostle Paul, spoke about that with these words from Philippians chapter 2, that we who are light in the world should do all things without grumbling and complaining, so that we will prove ourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the world, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, and here it comes, among whom you appear as lights in the world. We are not called to produce our own light. Jesus does this by the power of His Spirit within us. But it's up to us to keep our reflectors polished and properly reflecting the light that is within us. Something else he doesn't say. He doesn't say that we're responsible for other people's response to our light. Now, you might be thinking, well, if I go out in the world and I'm reflecting the light of Jesus and I do that really well, some people aren't going to like that, and I'm going to be embarrassed about that, and they're going to be angry about that, and so I'm just not going to, I'm going to turn my reflector around so nobody can see it. Well, Jesus doesn't say that we're responsible for their reaction to our being light. He just says that we are light. Now, some of that reaction will be negative. We don't talk enough about it, but we do talk about the persecuted church around the world. People whose light shines in the dark places of this world and who are sacrificed on the altar of their testimony because of it. That's a possible response to being God's light in the world, and it's not rare. See, here's the problem. The God of this age has blinded the mind of the unbeliever. So they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who's God's image. There's a lot of darkness out there. And if you insist on being light, as in fact Christ insists on you being light because He made you light, sometimes the response will not be positive. It will be negative. That's why light matters. This is the nature of the spiritual battle into which we are thrust as those who not only bear the light of Christ, but are ourselves the light. Now, some of that response, and you've experienced this, will be positive, but not much will come of it. 
Uh, you'll be tolerated, uh, maybe, maybe welcomed on occasion, but not imitated. But if we live as the light of Christ in this world, there will be times when our light will be exactly what someone trapped in darkness of sin and defeat needs to see. They will see that light, they will be drawn to God, and He will be glorified because of your light. Not always, but so long as it is the light of Jesus we are reflecting, we will be who we're supposed to be. So let me come to the conclusion of the matter with this question, and I printed it for you on the worship bulletin there near the bottom. Here's the question. In what definable and unmistakable ways does your light shine, and for whom? If you're a follower of Jesus, you've got to be able to answer that question. You have to be able to answer it. It's not what we do. It's who we are. When I learned to drive, it was on a country road in the daytime, and my dad taught me how to drive a... Anybody know what a stick shift is anymore? Drive a stick shift. All right. But when most of us learned to drive, the book we studied and the test we took told us that when we are faced with oncoming traffic, what are we supposed to do? Dim our lights. Well, that makes really good sense while you're driving, but it is horrible advice for believers in the world. Don't ever dim your light. Keep your lights on bright. A French mathematician, philosopher, Catholic theologian, Blaise Pascal said, In faith there is enough light for those who want to believe, and enough shadows to blind those who don't. So my challenge to us today is this, let us not be one of those shadows. Let us not be one of those shadows. Keep your lights on bright. God will be honored because of you. Look, I know as well as you do that, that life gets messy and that sometimes it doesn't work out like we intended and we do things we probably shouldn't be doing. We think things we've got no business thinking. Life gets messy, I get that. But here's the promise of the gospel, and it's reflected in the song that we're about to sing. If you will let Him do it, if you will give yourself over to God, if you will let Him fill you with that light, He will have His way with you. And it will be a wonderful, wonderful thing. If we can help you do that, we invite you to come while we stand and sing for your encouragement.